0: Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Psalm 27. We'll begin reading with verse 1. Father, as we approach your word, we approach it reverently, we approach it humbly. I thank you, dear Father God, that you have anointed your people's ears to be attentive to your word. I thank you, dear Father God, the anointing will go forth and break every yoke. I thank you, Father, this word will produce light, light, love in the hearts of your people. I praise you for it. We give you all the honor and the glory for it. Wisdom will come forth, Father, that your people may walk in the light. And follow the steps of righteousness and the pathway of peace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Psalm 27, verse 1. We will take the time this morning to read, this, this evening, whatever it is, to read the, the whole psalm. The whole entire psalm. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid when the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that I, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble... He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou settest seeking my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I see. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Deliver me not over into the will of mine enemies, nor f- for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Well, we said that the believer needs to know some things if he is going to overcome trouble and adversity. And the first thing we said he was to know is that Jehovah is, or the Lord is, his light and salvation. This is what the psalmist is saying. Notice he's saying Jehovah is in verse 1. Jehovah is. You know now faith is? Faith is always now. Jehovah is my light. He's come to know that. He's come to be acquainted with that. He wasn't searching for it. But he said Jehovah is my light. Now we're going to tie in the New Testament teaching on this. Because we said light stands for wisdom. Wisdom. Well, Jehovah is our light. But in the New Testament, our confession should be, Jesus is my wisdom. 1 Corinthians one thirty says that Jesus is made unto us wisdom. So you see, our walk is a faith walk. Say it with me. Jesus is my wisdom. I will not walk in darkness. He is the light of my life. See, He is. He is. He is the light of my life. Praise God, hallelujah, Jesus is my wisdom. You couldn't get any wiser than that. Amen. That's what he said. And then the psalmist went on to say that Jehovah is my salvation. Well, praise God, Jesus is our redemption. Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our deliverer. We've been delivered. We've been delivered from the powers of darkness. We've been delivered from our enemy. Amen. So Jesus is our Salvation. Isn't that right? For what the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and what the mouth confession is made unto what? And Jesus is the Word, so Jesus is our salvation. And then, he went on to say that the Lord is the strength of my life, or Jehovah is my strength, of whom shall I be afraid? <coughs> well, if Jehovah is the strength of his life, Jesus is the strength of our life. Isn't that right? The Bible tells us we can do all things through Christ who... Or who infuses his inner strength into our being, into us. So Jesus is to us and has been made to us everything that the psalmist is declaring here. Now, the psalmist back then couldn't say those things because Jesus had not come yet. But he stood on the fact of, uh, of God's word that says Jehovah is his light. And he knew him as his light. But blessed be God, we have a closer relationship than they had back then. Jesus has been made unto us wisdom righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And if we're in Jesus, then he is all that to us. Amen. All right, because of all this, the psalmist said in in the next verse, he said, I will not fear. (coughs) Excuse me. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. So the next thing he said was, I will not fear. I will not be afraid. I will not fear. Even when an army gathers around me. Even when a host encompasses me. I will not let my heart fear. I will not fear. My heart will not fear. Why? Because Jehovah is my life. He is my salvation. He is my strength. And if Jehovah, the creator of all the universe, is your light, your salvation, and your strength, he's bigger than any old army. Right? May I say this to you? Nuclear missiles and bombs... And guns and hand grenades and tanks and rockets, they don't rule this world. I said, that's not the strongest force in this world. Jesus is the strongest force in this world. Jesus upholds all of it by the word of his power. And at one sound of his voice, all the armies of the earth would be destroyed in a moment of time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's on your side. He's on my side. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you in trouble. I'll deliver you and honor you with long life. Amen? Amen. Think about that. Well, he went on to say, the psalmist did in verse 3. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. Number five, which we will discuss this evening, is confidence. Confidence. Notice he said, when war comes against me, I will be confident in the fact that Jehovah is my light, salvation, and strength. And my heart will not fear. In this will I be confident. That's what he's going to be confident in, even when war comes. I mean, I don't know about you, but when you hear talk of war, people get all fearful and excited and upset, and etc., etc., etc. But the psalmist said, even if war breaks out, it doesn't matter to me. Would to God we could begin to realize what he's saying. Though missiles and bombs were being dropped around the world, as long as Jehovah is your light and salvation, he says, I will not fear. I won't fear. It doesn't matter. He is my protection. He is my shield and buckler. I will be confident in Him. So confidence means trust or belief. You need to write this down. Write down the definition of confidence. Trust or belief. Trust or belief. Assurance or boldness. Trust, belief, assurance, boldness. A state of being intimate. state of trust in other words a state of trust or of intimacy what the psalmist was saying I'm so intimate with Jehovah that even though all these things could come against me I'm so I trust him so much I've got so much confidence in him I believe in him so much that even if all these things were coming my way I wouldn't even be fearful I wouldn't even get upset it wouldn't even bother me there would be no fear in my heart. Because Jehovah again is my light. Because Jehovah again is my salvation, my deliverer. Jehovah is the strength of my life. And there's nobody stronger than him. Amen? So he says, in this will I be confident. I'm going to be confident in this. Now, in the New Testament, our counterpart is found in Ephesians 3.12. You don't have to turn there. I'll just say it to you. In whom, speaking of Jesus, in whom we have boldness and access and confidence by the faith of Him. In Jesus, we have boldness, and the definition of our word confidence includes boldness. Access, access to what? Intimacy with the Father. Access to what? Intimacy with the Father. Access into the holies of holies. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So Jesus in the New Testament under the New Covenant is our boldness, access and confidence by his faith to the very presence of the Father. So now if we have access to the presence of the Father and to his throne room, that means in the time of trouble... All we've got to do is crawl up on his lap, lay upon his bosom, and say, Father, spread out your wings. And he'll say, Son, I'll do it. I mean, it says it in the 91st Psalm. Because if you dwell in the secret place of the Most High, and abide under the shadow of the mighty, and say of the Lord, He's my refuge, my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. He'll cover you with His feathers. Under His wings will you trust. His truth will be your shield and your buckle. You'll not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for any arrow that flies by day. Could say missile there. Back then they made a shot bow and arrow. But this day we shoot missiles. You'll be afraid of these missiles that fly. See, somebody looking at me like an old cow at a new gate. He's saying, what's this guy talking about? Yeah, didn't you know Jehovah was bigger than missiles? You thought that uh, missiles was bigger than God, didn't you? Everybody gets all upset. Let me tell you something. They never was and they never will be. God is greater. Far greater. Amen. Jehovah is far greater than what anything man can accomplish. That's right. Man fantasizes with laser beams and, and dealings with light that could, you know, destroy life. God is light. He's the creator of all light. Man can never come in contact with a light that's as great as the light of heaven. Je- Jesus is the light of the world. I mean, a fellow named Saul of Tarsus had met him on the on the road to Damascus at noonday. And he saw a light, oh, brighter than a noonday sun. It was the light of the Savior. Blinded his eyes. Couldn't behold that light. Knocked him to the ground. Couldn't stand up under the power of it. He is your Savior. He's your confidence. He's your access to the Father. He's your way to His Holy of Holies. The veil's been removed. You can... Just walk up to the Father, put your head on his bosom, and say, Father, do something about those missiles. And he will. I said he will. He's greater than all that. So in the book of Ephesians 3.12, you saw it there, where you write it down there. In the New Testament counterpart, Jesus is our confidence. Now, let's go back here to the third Psalm. And let's show you some things that the psalmist said... That could happen to him and he would still be confident. Some people say that Jehovah or Jesus, yes, is Lord and Savior of their life. Until a little bit of calamity or a little bit of trouble comes. And then when trouble comes, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They don't know who to rely on. They don't know who to put their confidence in. They call up this fellow, they call up that one. They call up this guy to pray, they call up that guy to pray. They have faith in other men. They have faith in other people's prayers. But they don't have faith in Jehovah. They don't have faith in their relationship with him. They don't have faith in their relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They don't have any faith in, in, in uh, who He made them in the new birth. And we're going to show you that is how you develop your confidence in Him. But in the third psalm, just to give you an idea what the psalmist was saying. Lord, verse 1. How are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be would say of my soul, there's no help in God. See? There's no help for him in God. That's what people say today. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You are my glory and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy heel. You need to write this down. If the Father heard you, it's the same as answering you. If the Father heard your prayer, the prayer is answered. That's right. The father hearing your prayer is the same as the father answering your prayer. There's no difference. He said, when you call upon me, I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble and deliver you. Isn't that what he said? I said, isn't that what the Lord said? Do you believe that? Do you have confidence in that? Then who are you going to call upon in trouble? Who are you going to call upon in trouble? Is he going to hear you? Is he going to answer you? Is it going to be no? Is it going to be yes? yes. Well, he said it was. All the answers, all the uh, promises in God, of God, are yea and amen through Jesus by us. Well, he went on to say here, if I cried unto the Lord my voice, the Lord would hear me out of his holy hill. Even when all this calamity is coming his way. Let's, we, we read this before, but go over it again. Go back to the 46th Psalm just to show you again. We said we'd be tying some of these scriptures together as we go along. See, you thought that the danger of this world falling apart was something to be fearful of. But the psalmist had you beat years ago. In verse 1 he says, God, I like to say the Father is my refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear though the earth be removed. Now, beloved, you've got to grab a hold of that. You've got to grab a hold of what he's saying right here. I'm not going to fear even if the earth is removed. Not just because you lost something. Not just because somebody called you on the phone and said something. Not just because you heard an evil report on the newscast. He wasn't talking about little things like that. He said, if the earth be removed, my heart won't fear. Can you say that along with the psalmist? Can you believe in him so intimately that if the earth would be removed from beneath you, you wouldn't fear? I will not fear. I will not fear. That's what he's saying. And you know, the Father didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So if you stop and think about it, Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption. And also, that's enough not to fear, but also, I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but I gave you power, love and a sound mind to deal with fear. In the new covenant, beloved, we've got a greater weapon against fear. It's called the name of Jesus. That's right. Let's look at another scripture. Well, he went on to say some other things, but that's all right. Let's look at another scripture in the 118th Psalm. Psalm 118, begin reading with verse 9. Confidence means trust. So let's see what he says here about trusting in the Lord, trusting in Jehovah. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. It's better to trust or put your confidence in Jehovah than it is to put your confidence in princes. All nations compass me about. How many? Dear Lord. But what does he say? But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Yeah, they compass me about. Yea, they compass me about. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Glory to God. He's not talking about fighting against a person. He's talking about nations now. you remember over there when David stood before Goliath? He was fighting against the whole nation. That's right. The whole Philistine nation. That little 17-year-old boy, he had some fire under his feet, didn't he? He went out there and said, I'm coming in the name of... He knew who Jehovah was. He knew that he created this earth. He knew that if he spoke his word, that that, that giant had to bow. Now, notice he, he wasn't upset because Goliath spoke against anybody, anybody's person. Saul or somebody like that. He said, that uncircumcised Philistine is speaking against the God of Israel. Speaking against Israel is one thing, but to speak against the God of Israel is another thing. And he says, I'll go out there in the name of the God of Israel... In the name of the Lord of hosts, and I'll whip you. And he did. He did. As little as he was, he did it. You talk about growing by leaps and bounds. He went from Goliath to nations and armies. By my God, I have run through a troop. I have leaped over a wall. And there was armies compassed about him to destroy him. But he said, I'll just walk right through them in the name of the Lord. Look what else he said. I'll show you something else you need to be confident in. Verse 12, they compass me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. Thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall. But the Lord help me, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Yea, I will help thee. Is that what he said? The Lord is my strength and song. And has become my salvation. These are meditation scriptures. Look at the next verse. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. Are you the righteous? Rejoice. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die. In the face of death, the cry of the psalmist was, I shall not die but live, hallelujah, and declare the works of your hand. You know what he's talking about? The right hand of the Lord is Jesus. Oh, beloved, they were just desiring to taste of what we taste. They were wanting and longing for to have the relationship with the Father like we have with the Father. But they had to die without the promise. And they without us would not be made perfect. But blessed be God, hallelujah, you and I have come into that relationship. They were doing it back then in the name at that time. But blessed be God, now that... Let me say something about that. Yes, as I was meditating upon the Word of God, the Spirit of God whispered and said to me, Do you know why? Well, first of all, he said to me that he didn't have any, his Word didn't have any authority in hell. And I pondered that and I saw and thought about that and I said, now, Well, Father, your Word is all-powerful. He said, Yeah, but when my man Adam committed high treason, he said, I couldn't get anybody out of hell with my Word. If I could have just got my Word down there legally, he says, I could have done some good. But he couldn't get his word down there. See, God does everything by his word. Isn't that right? By his word and spirit. He speaks it, speaks the word, and his spirit quickens it, makes it, gives it life. But he says, I couldn't do it. And I pondered that, and I kept meditating and thinking about that. And I said, well, I guess if Adam committed high treason and turned it over to the devil, and the devil had legal authority, I guess you really couldn't do anything about what was going on down there, could you? Does not the Bible say the devil had the keys of death and hell? Right? So I said, now, for you to do something about that, I said, uh, you'd have to lie. That's what the Spirit of God said to me. He said, I'd have to lie. I'd have lied if I'd have arbitrarily nullified what, annulled what Adam had done. So I spoke my word on the earth. And my word would have to come by way of the earth first, then go into hell. And I said, that's right. If God had lied to the devil, then God would have died. So instead of lying and dying, he just died. So instead of lying and dying, he came to the earth. The Word became flesh. The Word died of his own free will and entered into hell. Now the Word is in hell. There it is. The Word finally made it to hell, where it had no authority. And it stayed there until the punishment was paid. And then you know what the Father did from heaven? You talk about holding up a blast. For 4,000 years, he was holding up this blast from within his being. And he looked across the banisters of heaven. And he looked through them pearly gates. And he looked down to the regions of the dam. And you know what he said? After 4,000 years of wanting to say this. Thou art my beloved son. This day have I begotten thee. And the Holy Ghost went down there. And made the word alive in hell. And the word destroyed hell. Right there. And took the authority of death and hell. And rose up victorious. Now you know what? The word on your lips will affect hell. The word in your mouth from your heart will bind every demon force of hell. It made it. Glory to God. And He gave that to you and me. He did it. Glory to God. Think about it. Think about it. The word made it. The word did it. Now let's, let's talk about the word for a minute. Our, let's write this down. The believer's confidence, the believer's confidence is in the word. The believer's confidence is in the Word, whether it be written or spoken. The believer's confidence is in the Word, whether it be written or whether it be spoken. Now, when your time of trouble comes, where do you turn to? Do you turn to the Word or do you turn to man? Do you turn to the great physician? Or do you turn to man's physician? Do you turn to God as your source? God's Word is your source? Or do you turn to somebody else on this earth as your source? Well, the believer's confidence must be in the Word. Now the Word, let's say it like this. The believer's confidence is in this, this fact about God's Word. First of all, that God's Word is not void of power. Every word of God has power in it of fulfillment. Your confidence in God's word is this, that God cannot lie and every word is full of power. It's not empty of power. I said the word is full of power and the word cannot return void. It cannot. That's confidence. So you have confidence in that. Secondly, Your confidence also is in this fact. There's no power in the universe that could make void one word of God's power. There is no power in the universe. None whatsoever in the universe that could make void one word of God's power. Not one. Whether it be in heaven, whether it be on earth, whether it be in hell. It doesn't matter. Your confidence, thirdly, in His Word, is that the Father is watching over His Word to perform it. The Father is watching over His Word to perform it in your life. The Word cannot fail. And also, your confidence in the Word is that he that believeth on the Word shall not be put to shame. If you believe on His Word, you will not be put to shame. Did you hear that? His word is full of power. There's no force on the universe, in the universe that can destroy it or void it at all. And the Father is watching over his word to perform it. And you know that. That's confidence in it. And the person that dare stands on the word will not be ashamed. Now, when trouble comes, where do you turn? When calamity strikes, where do you go? What do you do? And I'm led to share this with you this evening because I'm in, I've been led by the Spirit of God. I don't like to talk about it. I don't, haven't talked about it for a long time. And I don't usually bring it up. But for the sake of those, some of you, that, that I know we see many new faces that have not known or did not know. And testimonies are not going to build up your faith. Let me say this. Testimonies only inspire your faith. Testimonies will not produce faith. Did you hear that? Testimonies, I said, will not produce faith. There are a lot of people that fail because they think they hear somebody else do something. And they go off and try to do it themselves and they fail. You're not going to do it just because I did it or somebody else did it. You've got to do it because the word is in your heart. It's in your own being. Your faith and confidence and trust is in God's word. And you've produced it in your own life. Before I give you this testimony, let me say this. Your confidence is not in the senses or the flesh. Turn to Philippians, the third chapter, very quick. Your confidence is in the Word. It's not in the senses. It's not in the flesh. It's not in physical circumstances, evidence. But in the book of Philippians, uh, Paul here relates to us the same fact. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh or the senses. How much confidence? Let me paraphrase. And have no confidence in what we see, hear, feel, And you could add taste and smell if you want. But that's what he's saying. We're walking in the Spirit and have no confidence in what our senses are dictating to us or our accomplishments in the flesh. That's what he's referring to right here. See, your trust in God's Word and your faith and confidence in God's Word is... So strong that in the face of any opposition, in the face of the enemy, as the psalmist did, as many others have chosen to do, in the face of all contradiction, your... Let's go to the first chapter of Philippians. Testimony is this. Your report is this. One twenty-eight. Philippians one twenty-eight. This is your testimony. It's the testimony and the cry of your heart in the time of trouble. At the face of the enemy. Verse 28. And in nothing terrified. The word terrified means greatly fearing. Nothing terrified by your adversaries or by your enemy. Which to, you, to, to them is an evident token of perdition. But to you of what? Your fearlessness is a token of your what? Deliverance. And he went on to say and that of God. But let me give you to you Moffat's translation of the same scripture. Wherever I go. I'm sorry. Never be scared, he said. Never be scared. That's what that's exactly what Paul's saying right here. And nothing be terrified. Or never be scared for a second. I like that. Never be scared for a second at your opponent or your enemy. Your fearlessness is a clear omen of ruins for them and of your own salvation. And that at the hands of God. See, your fearlessness, though you're compass about with sickness and disease and calamity and this and that and whatever it might be. Your fearlessness to the enemy is an omen of his utter defeat. His ruin. If he can't make you fear, then he must fall. Glory to God. Your anthem becomes first Corinthians second Corinthians rather two fourteen and fifteen. Let's turn to that and I'm going to give you this testimony in a minute. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. You're going to sing it with me. This is your anthem. Are you ready for it? Now, remember, we're talking about what to do in a time of trouble, and if you missed the previous six lessons, you might be off somewhere in left field. Get the tapes. Because tr- trouble's coming to all of us. We know that. Isn't that right? The Word of God tells us that even if you're dwelling in a secret place of the Most High, you're going to be confronted with trouble. But we've never been taught what to do. But thank the Lord we're finding out what to do in the time of trouble. Here is your anthem. Verse fourteen and fifteen. Now thanks be unto God. I'm going to read to you from Moffat again, but now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and make it manifest the savour of his knowledge by us in every place. For we are unto God a sweet savour of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish. Now, again, from Moppet, Wherever I go, I thank God He makes my life a constant pageant of triumph. In Christ, diffusing the perfume of His knowledge everywhere by me. I live for God as the fragrance of Christ. Breathe alike by those who are being saved and by those that are perishing. He says, and when I walk in utter fearlessness, Realizing that, to me, my life has been made by the Father a pageant of triumph. That when I walk in the presence of even those that are saved and of my enemy, there is a fragrance of Christ that flows from my very being. And those that are saved rejoice, and those that are my enemies, they fall by the wayside. That's what he's saying. I am the fragrance of Christ as I walk on the earth. That's what, the psalmist is, that's what the psalmist was saying back there, but that's what he's saying over here. See, the knowledge that's in you is now coming up out of you. And when destruction comes your way, instead of crying and being full of sighing and sorrow, you begin to rejoice and laugh. And the perfume of his knowledge begins to rise up from within your being. And the fragrance... Is known by all. It's Christ. The enemy says we must flee. The saved ones say let's rejoice. Hallelujah. That's your anthem. My life is a pageant of triumph through Christ. Amen. That's it right there. We have no confidence in the flesh. Now I'm going to say this and we'll get on with the study. But we'll want to see something else here. Some of you know, but that's okay. Just sit back. I've got to give my life. My life is my life, and I'm not going to tell you about somebody else's life because they know better than I do about their life, right? <laughs> Amen. But this is good right here because I want to show you how you can how you cannot fear even though fear is all around you. I want to show you how you can not yield to terror when it seems like you're being terrorized. When we were young in the Lord about a year in the Lord and our daughter Lisa was three and a half years old she uh, as usual came to us on Bible studies and I used to teach in the evening in my father's basement teach a Bible study there and uh, it just so happens I was teaching on healing when we heard a loud crash I mean a loud crash they were up in the attic playing and uh, we knew it was loud but we didn't know it was a body we didn't know it was a person but there's a 10 foot drop up there in uh, the top of the attic where the railing was built around the hole you know where the staircase is and she happened to be sitting up on top of that thing there and, with the babysitter of course and who didn't tell her to get down they were just playing up there you know kids would be kids and the other little kids were running around running around and in a circle knocked her off she fell down she fell down ten and a half feet, somewhere around there, ten feet, landed on steps below. And uh, something on the inside of me said, that's your daughter. She it was right here. I don't know how I knew, but I knew when I was down there that it was my daughter. Someone said, somebody fell. Now, when you think of somebody falling, you thought maybe they rolled down the steps. But that wasn't it. She fell from straight up top ten feet. Ten and a half feet somewhere in there, and fell straight down to the bottom on the steps below. She was only three and a half years old, just a little thing. Split her eye open, couldn't walk, couldn't even stand up. And we just—I knew I had to come upstairs. I was teaching the Bible study, knew we had to go. Everybody started running upstairs, and I ran up. Someone said, "It's Lisa," and I knew—I knew then. Matter of fact, we still got it on tape. You should hear it. How loud that! Well, they was taping the session, see, and. Uh, I don't care to play it because you can just hear how loud that sound was. And that was way up there. It the ta- was just a little tape recorder downstairs in the basement, not on the first floor in the basement. So we ran up there and uh, the first thing is to be fearful. Brothers and sisters, I know by experience and by God's word, you could be surrounded with Fear. But don't allow yourself for a second to be taken in by that fear. You can imagine being a parent. All we saw was blood gushing out of her eye. All we saw was she could not stand up to walk. There's your three and a half year old daughter lying there. I'd never give another testimony like this in my life. Not if i do anything about it. I don't want to give another testimony like this in my life. Would you? But we were just young babes in the Lord, just little, you know. And uh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Spirit. Because I didn't know what I know today. I didn't know what I'm teaching you today. But I knew that the Word said that if you'd lay your hands upon the sick, they'd recover. I knew that. And we looked at each other. When she couldn't stand up and she collapsed to the floor, we didn't know what to do. Beloved, if I had to have confidence in the senses, if I had to have confidence in man, I don't know what man's report would have been. I really don't know to this day what would have happened to that girl. I don't know. I know she couldn't walk. I know her eye was mangled, bad, split wide open. But we stood there, looked at each other, and said, let's pray. I mean to tell you, it was in a split second of time. And let me say this before I go any further. I know that if we would have not done it right then, and I know if we'd had an alternate choice of what to do for her, it could have been disaster. could have been disaster. I believe that. Some people don't get their instant deliverance because of the fact they hesitate. Did you know that? And so we just looked at each other and, and, uh, as parents and all the, the, the group that was around with us, and we just laid hands on her and prayed in other tongues. And when, I don't know, I was just like the Spirit of God was rising up within me and my wife and all of us that were around there. And, and uh, Now, if you're the parent, let me say this. I don't care who you call in on the scene. Basically, it's your responsibility. It's what you do if it's a young child and you're the parents. What is your reaction? What did you do in the time of calamity or trouble? Where was your confidence? And we laid our hands upon her after we, we got done praying then in tongues. And that's all I knew how to pray. I didn't know what I should pray for as I ought and I just prayed in tongues. And we all prayed in tongues. When I got done praying in tongues, right out of my spirit said, now praise God, she's healed. And blood's still gushing out of her eye. And we didn't even attempt to see if she can walk. My wife just picked her up in her arms like a limp rag. And we looked at each other and that was standing up there and I said, let's go on downstairs and finish the Bible study now. And fear was every inch... About me. Compassing us round about. Just as, you see, that was a literal army. Do you know that an enemy of the believer is fear? And it's like an army, a host of demons all around you. And when it was, we just said, praise God, she is healed. That's all we said. Don't even ask me why. I'm not suggesting this to anybody in this congregation. You can't live on my testimony. You've got to build faith for yourself. You've got to react as you are in the faith right at the time of your calamity or trouble, whatever comes to you. Better prevent it. Preventive medicine is the best. But I said, uh, let's go downstairs and finish the Bible study and uh, we'll get back into the Word. And I mean to tell you, they thought we really flipped now. They figured now call the ambulance and take her to the hospital. So, beloved, listen to me. I'm not telling you to do this for yourself. I'm telling you, you can build a confidence, your confidence in the, in the Lord and in His Word to, to a degree that you can be free from man's way. Did you know that? Yeah. Why when you say that that some people look at you like, you know, this guy's really flipped. But let me say, let me tell you what happened. It was all I could do to open my mouth, to speak. I was dry. Fear was all around me. My wife with her baby in her arms. Fear gripping her. What at that time we thought was our only one. Or could ever be our only one. And there she was. With a damp cloth wiping the blood off her eye. Not not even a band-aid. Not, not, just wiping it with a cloth off her eye. It's wide open like this here. No. We were just enveloped by the Spirit of God. And we said we're going to teach this Bible study and finish it and go home. Thank you, Father, that with His stripes she was healed. Oh, hallelujah. We rejoice, our Father, that she is healed. And made no other measure, took no other steps to do anything else. I finished the Bible study. They, Like I said, they figured you'd take her to the hospital, but we didn't. We took her home. Took her home, put her in her bed, after just wiping off her eye, that sort of thing. And... Uh, We rejoiced together and said, Thank you, Father, that she is healed. Notice what I said. Notice what my wife said. Thank you, Father, that our baby is healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, that she's healed. Went to bed that night. And she went running when she got up out of bed in the morning. Jumped out of bed first before us. We were still sleeping. And in our, our bedroom there, we, have a, we had a full-length mirror, you know, on the door. And she ran up to that, as a three-and-a-half-year-old little girl, ran up to that door, to the closet door, looked in the mirror, and, and when she looked in the mirror, she said, Thank you, Jesus, that you healed me. Now, mind you, that by this time, the face is swollen up. The face is black and blue, but remember, now she's running. See? She couldn't even walk then, but now she's running. She ran to the, to the mirror. She looked in that mirror. She said, thank you, Jesus. Not that you will heal me. I want to clarify this. Thank you, Jesus, that you healed me. I'll be honest with you. I was amazed. Now, I was saying that. My wife was saying that. But when she said that, we just looked at each other and said, praise God. Praise God. Now, all the skin was off underneath her face here. And this was wide open, as I said. And by this time her eye, her face was black and blue, swollen. It's Like you've been in a boxing match. Only worse. Couldn't see. Hardly. It just seemed like it just closed that face up together like that there. Now, if anybody knows anything about that kind of an injury, it takes quite a while for that thing to go down and get all the color back into that face. Amen? But right by this time, it, it formed like a big, huge infection underneath the eye here. Big, real big, like a bubble. She woke up the next morning. This was only two days now. And she ran into the bedroom again and she looked in the mirror and said, Jesus, thank you that you healed me. And we just looked at her. Now, we kept saying it right along. We just said, yeah, she's healed. But she said it. Thank you, Jesus, that you healed me. Now, the third day, she jumped up. Ran into our bed. Dove on the sheets. That thing fell off her face. Just fell right off her face. And underneath her face, underneath that infection, was brand new skin. Pink skin. The eye closed up by itself. And all the color by that next Saturday night Bible study was back to normal. We took her back to the Bible study. Everybody looked at her and said, this cannot be the same girl. It can't be. It can't be the same girl that fell. We said, yes, it is. It is. And they just looked. What do you do in the time of trouble? You can say you trust Jehovah all you want while you're here. And you can say you know him as well as you say you know him while you're here. But, beloved, we can build up a confidence in the Father God that in the face of contradiction, in the face of sense, knowledge, evidence, in the face of the enemy, in the face of fear, we could stand boldly before God's throne and say, the word says she's healed. I didn't have the steps back then. No word from God can be void of power or of fulfillment. That word must come true, even though the storm was blowing. It's got to. I said, it's got to. I will not fear, the psalmist said. I'll not be moved, glory be to God. I won't trust in senses or the flesh. But your word must come true. Oh, hallelujah. You want to talk about confidence, my friend? God cannot lie. I said God cannot lie. If you'll stand on a word from God, if you'll stand on God's word and have total trust and confidence in that word, God would have to lie for that word not to come true. Or die. And he's already died. And he's not going to lie. Beloved. We should cuddle up to his word. We should lay upon his bosom. We should say. Father quicken thou me according unto thy word. We should say. Father your word is the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Father I exalt your word. Your word will never fail. And when the storms come. And when the hail drops, and when the winds and the waves begin to blow, and it seems like all the armies of the devil have compassed you round about, you could stand there and say, I will not fear. In this will I be confident. The word cannot fail. I will not be moved. God cannot lie. No word from God is void of power. And the word must come to pass. It must. It must. It must come to pass. Now, let's look at some scriptures in the third chapter of the book of Proverbs. We're going to show you the effect of right, uh, uh, the effect of confidence as we develop in it. Well, let's look at some chapters, some Proverbs chapter 3 about confidence first, and then we're going to try to tie this in with our righteousness being established in Him. As we read these scriptures, let me say this. Your confidence not only is in who God is, the creator of all the universe, the maker of your body, but your confidence also is in who you are in Christ. In other words, I'm very confident that God can do it, but that's not enough. When you say this in your heart, I'm confident God will do it for me, then you know who you are. So you've got to know that. I'm confident that God will do it for me because I am who He made me, the righteousness of God in Christ. Look at some scriptures here. The third chapter, verse 21. My son, let not them depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall there be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely and your foot shall not stumble. When you lie down, you'll not be afraid. Yea, when you lie down, you're going to sleep sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be your confidence. To such an extent, you can go to sleep in the middle of the storm. You can go to sleep. Fall asleep. People wake up worrying all night, but all you've got to do is fall asleep in the Lord. Okay. And also, he says, he shall keep your foot from being taken. Not only will he deliver you, but it says he'll give you a perfect sound rest, quietness, assurance, and Peace. Let's look at another scripture, Proverbs 14 and verse 26. We'll read two verses, 26 and 27. In the fear of the Lord, remember what the fear of the Lord is, beloved? How many of you remember that? The fear of the Lord is to keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking down. Look at what it says here. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children shall have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. There's strong confidence in the fear of the Lord. Let's look at another scripture. Isaiah the 30th chapter. Verse 15. For thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved and in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength quietness and confidence shall be your strength but you would not now underline these scriptures write them down you're going to have to meditate on these I'm not going to have time to get all the what I want to get in When when your confidence is released in the Lord in your time of trouble, there will be quietness, there will be peace, there will be assurance. Let's go to another scripture over here. To uh, Isaiah, the 54th chapter. And write this down. Developing confidence is developing righteousness. Developing confidence is... Is developing righteousness. Now I want to show you what he says when a person is established in righteousness. In verse 14, in righteousness, 54th chapter of Isaiah. 14. In righteousness shall you be established. You'll be far from oppression. Thou shalt be far from oppression. Thou shalt not fear. You'll not when you're established in righteousness, you'll be far from oppression. You will not fear. And from terror or great fear, it will not come nigh you. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by you or me. Whosoever shall gather together against you shall what? Shall fall for your sake. He said, though an army would gather together, fear, terror, disease, calamity, oppression would come around me. It will fall because I will be established in righteousness. I will not fear. It will be far from me. He went on to say in verse 17, and no weapon formed against you will prosper. Any tongue against you in judgment is condemned. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Look at another scripture in Isaiah 32. Developing confidence is developing your righteousness, knowing that the Father will do it for you because you are who He says you are. Because you are in Christ, because you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And Jesus was made unto you wisdom and all these things because you're confident in the fact that you are accepted in the Beloved. The Father will do it for you when you're established in your righteousness. Look at what He said here, verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance, which was the same word for confidence forever. When a person is established in righteousness, the effect of that righteousness will be peace, and the work of it, rather, peace, and the effect of it is confidence or assurance, quietness forever. That's the rest of the Lord. Raise up your hand if you want to enter and do His rest this evening. I'm serious. Established, being established in righteousness in who you are to Him. What He is to you will lift you to a place that you see you are accepted in the throne of God. You are accepted in the beloved. You are a child of the Creator God. Jehovah is your Father. Jesus is your brother. The Spirit of God abides within you now. And when you speak, He hears. It will develop in your spirit a quietness, a peace. An assurance before the Father, before your enemies, that when they come your way, you'll just sit back and begin to laugh and declare that Jehovah is my light, my salvation, my assurance. To defeat me, you must defeat Him. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Thank you for listening to our Legacy Teachings.